0: With your bad self, that's my joint. <laughs> I, I thought you, I
1: thought you were about to do the intro. I like go ahead, Kelvin, with your bad self. Go ahead, yeah, go that with your here. bad. Self. Hey, man. Yeah, exactly.
0: Go ahead, try man. I might do it.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm gonna sit here and wait for it. Go ahead, go ahead, get us, get us going. Come on, Kelvin. Got y'all hyped. Up Don't. With the song. Bon Let's bon bon, bon
0: bon. With your bad self.
1: That's Welcome it. to another episode of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Roser, Kofi Hemingway, your resident Rattlers dropping you the best information on Florida A&M University athletics and culture, uh, recapping the past week of activities from the highest of seven hills, all of the teams that we love, our coaches that we love, just the atmosphere and the vibe of all all the things that make... Uh, Tallahassee, Florida, um, and uh, Florida A&M, which sits on the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee, Florida. Such a beautiful place to be. We're just just bringing in, and we just adopted many new Rattlers, and there's a lot of excitement up there in Tallahassee. So it's good to be in our home studios. We are part of the uh, Black College Sports Network. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at O-N-G Strike Zone. You can also find... Our show on the Jericho Broadcast Networks app, which you can find on Google and Apple Play Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN. And of course, uh, if you want to send us uh, an email, any questions that you want to send, send them to ONG Zone at gmail.com. You may want to send in some questions today because we got a great show today. We're gonna we we got a lot of positive things to talk about. Our baseball and softball teams are on fire. Fire! They're on fire right now. And uh, we'll share some news that just came out. uh, Some breaking news. uh, Awards coming to a pair of Rattlers on the Diamond. And then coming up in the second hour, at the top of the second hour, uh, we're going to talk to the head ball coach himself, Coach Willie Simmons, will be joining us, so... We will get a chance to kind of talk about the spring game from our perspective, and then we'll get to hear from him uh, and and get his thoughts. So shout out to everybody that's just joining in. You're watching us on YouTube. We appreciate you. Make sure to hit that like button. If you're not subscribed already, uh, go ahead and do that. And if you're on Facebook watching us, thanks for tuning in. Hit that like button as well. Go ahead and share the show on your timeline. Let people know that the ONG is on. Kelvin, have you de-thawed from this past weekend? It might still be cold in Tallahassee, but how are you doing, my friend?
0: Not a weather's much better, man, and um, you know I didn't freeze, man. But uh, it, you know, I it feels a lot better today, man. I'm sorry you came up and you had to endure that those winds and and those conditions, man. It was it was straight trifling. It was unacceptable. I agree. Uh, but uh, Jack Frost did his thing, and we made it through.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Coffee Hemingway, how you doing, my man? You got, you got, uh, got any songs you gonna sing for us today?
2: Sing now.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I just figured you. Be, you be but if them the score hits mic- me, I
2: might, I might go ahead and belt one out. I might, I might go ahead and knock one out. Sassa right chocolate. of chocolate. <laughs> That boy can sing.
1: That boy can sing, boy. I'm not going to oh, lie, boy. Geez. You and, uh, and, uh, and Scotty, if you guys have not had a chance to catch Kofi and uh, Scotty on the Afterglow on Monday, I about ran off the road when that boy <laughs> talked about what, what, when he said, what sound does a camel make? Boy, I, you know, <laughs> the part is I thought it. And then when he said it, I almost ran off the road. I said, holy cow. Oh, God. Uh, I said, yeah, so you guys have a good time on that show. Check that out uh Monday, part of the Script channel on YouTube. Uh Kofi does a great job there with Scott. A very fun, entertaining show. So uh encourage you guys to check that out on Monday nights. Always lively conversation. So uh good to have you guys with us. And uh so let's get into obviously the the you know, we can get into talking about the, the orange and green Auscript game because that's what a large portion of the show is will be dedicated to, but we got to start with, with baseball because the, anytime we get a sweep of those raggedy cats in Daytona, that has to lead, that has to lead the show. Uh, So I say that with all love as part of the rivalry, of course. Uh, So I I don't, I I (laughs) say it with all realness. Raggedy. Yes. So, you know, the Rattlers go into a series in which we are essentially one game behind. Uh, Bethune and Alabama State were tied for first in the swag East. We go into that series in Daytona and we took three from them. And I I will be, I'm shocked just from the standpoint I told you, I was hoping to get two out of three. I did not for the life of me anticipate I mean look once you got the first two you're like okay we got to go ahead and finish the sweep and we it concluded with an epic uh what was it 13 inning an epic 13 inning finale to get the sweep uh so I mean outstanding job by uh coach shoot that entire roster they have really turned their season around and and I will I will share with you, I, I just felt so inclined to kind of do some deep diving into this baseball season because it really has been two seasons. I mean, you go with where this team was for about the first three weeks of March and then the last three weeks, uh, in two different teams. So, uh, Kelvin, what's, we'll start with you, go around the horn, so to speak, uh, and start with you on the baseball team getting the sweep over Bethune this weekend?
0: Well, so first of all, we're we're contenders, man. We're we're contenders to win the East. We're contenders to win the tournament. Um, And the main reason for that, pitching. It's shocking, man, the the runs. And I know you got some of these breakdowns too, so I'm not going to give them a breakdown now. I'm going to stick with just the Bethune series. But we gave up five runs in three games a shutout we yes. gave up two and we gave up three while averaging five and a half runs a game um so and if you look at our last uh n- nine sweat games um there's two outliers to that where we gave up uh i want to say eight runs in a game that won like 12-8 and um we gave up six runs i think to somebody but outside of that we've been we have about three shutouts we have a Couple of one and two run games, our pitching has been phenomenal, and our and our hitting has just jumped. Man, I mean, we were under as a team, we were under two hundred at one point during the season early, and now, man, in swag play, man, we we just killing it. So, the team has found their stride, their confidence. They have a solid rotation too, so they know who they weekend starters are, and then we come back and play a a midweek. To, uh, Tuesday game again against a team that put a, what, 15, 16 runs on us the first time we played them. Uh, oh, yeah. And we we lost. We ended up losing, but it was 4-3. And we had opportunity to, to tie to win it late. So um, against a team that's 26-5, and five, by the way. So we are a good baseball team, and we're playing good baseball at the right time of the year. And now we go on an A-game home stretch you know our next eight games are at home so we got a chance okay. to really cr- create some separation so that's all i'll share yeah, for now
1: that that's a good point i i just noticed that uh we've got the weekend series with jackson state coming up then a midweek game against south florida usf and then another series against alabama AM. Uh, Kofi, we'll go around the horn. Your thoughts on our baseball team? Hey man, we're
2: we're cooking with fish grease, as they say, cooking with nice hot fish grease with some mullet in there, some catfish. Um, <laughs> we're doing a good job right now, but you know, um, you want to peak towards the end of the year. So this streak right here is nice. I remember our basketball team had a nice little streak going, and uh, everybody got really excited. And, uh, we lost that basketball quick. I know. So (laughs) let me finish my statement. Thank you. My point is, um, the the only thing that's really going to matter is how we're playing at the end, going into the tournament. So the good thing is we are going to be at home, but I want to see us just continue to build, to sustain the momentum that we have. Um, they played well in even in a loss against Mercer on yesterday. Um, you know, which was a winnable game. And it's good to see that they closed that gap, especially with the way that Mercer beat us at the beginning of the year. Um, But this is definitely an opportunity uh, for this baseball team to bring another uh, swag title to the highest of seven hills.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Just to kind of set for people so people know what the standings are as of today, in the SWAC East, we are nine and three in conference play, sitting just one game behind Alabama State. Uh, and, and of course, our three losses have come to Al- our three conference losses have come to Alabama State. Uh, they have also beaten us one time at the beginning of the year. So, so when you look at our fifteen and nineteen overall record, that's four losses to Alabama State. So I, I know we will be looking forward to that series when it does come around. I, I think we will be a, I think we are a different team, not will be. We are a different team. Bethune-Cookman's in third at seven and five. Then you have Jackson State at four and eight. Valley and Alabama A&M are both three and nine. Over on the west side of the SWAC, Southern is nine and three after getting a weekend sweep. Purview is eight and four, tied with Grambling at eight and four. Then they have Texas Southern at six and six, Arkansas Pine Bluff at four and eight, and Alcorn is one and eleven. Um, Players of the week just announced as uh, this afternoon. Um, Hunter Veets was the Swat player of the week, or excuse me, the uh, pitcher of the week, and Grant Roll. Uh, uh, I want to say I'm. That's right, Rowell. Rowell. Roll. I don't know. I hope mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. I'm, Rowell. I'm, I'm sorry, Grant. Rowell. Sorry about that, Grant. Uh, Grant with the uh, earning hitter of the week uh, nominees and for for Hunter. Listen to the stat line on Hunter uh, against Bethune in the opening game of the series. Eight innings pitched, no earned runs. 10 strikeouts and what's crazy is that's the second consecutive outing similar to that in the series before which was I guess was at the Alabama a and series he went eight yeah. innings zero earned runs and 11 strikeouts and he opened the Valley series where our, basically our season turned around on March 25th He opened that series up, six innings pitch, one earned run, five strikeouts. So essentially, he has only given up one earned run in the three series, and he won all three of those outings. Current record is uh, sitting up at four and three overall. As for Roel, in four games, uh, he tallied seven hits, a run, two doubles, a home run, and nine RBIs. He also had a key RBI double. In the two, uh, to give FAMU a 2 0 lead in the series finale against Bethune. His batting average right now is 368, a slugging percentage of 632 this past week of competition. So uh, the, the bats have have awoken, uh, to so, to say the least. Uh, you, what, what are some of the numbers that you've dug? Because I, I think you and I have done some similar digging here. Um, Kelvin, what are some of the things? Let's start with what are some of the numbers that you've come across? And I want to start first with that stretch from the beginning of March because that's where, from the beginning of March, March 2nd, starting with that 17-0 loss to Florida, that's where we ended up going on a a streak of losing 13 or 14 games, um, which included – uh, we lost uh, a three out of four to Ball State. We got swept by Stetson, got swept by Alabama State. We lost a midweek series, not only to Florida, but to UCF. Uh, lost a close one to North Florida. And uh, we lost to them actually twice on two different two different uh, games. But that was a 14-game stretch. So what out of that stretch, what are some of the things that you came across in, in that stretch, Kelvin?
0: The big thing for me was how many runs we were giving up. Uh, Mercer, the first time, two times we played and we gave up 15 runs and, and uh, 14 runs. Um, we had several games where, you know, Florida included, where we gave up double-digit runs. Even against Alabama State, we were giving up 7-7 seven, seven, and 6, I believe. Um, everybody we played, except for Stetson one time where we lost 2-0, we were giving up a lot of uh, points so we just didn't have that pitching now what you point into with hunter uh vitz is that it appears that we have a number one starter uh a shutdown a reliable number one starter so we started off series one oh i mean not only is it, are we winning but he's dominating you look at the strikeout numbers he's only giving up one hit in two of those games um he he's, he's just likes out and setting the tone for the series is on the weekend. So um, what stands out to me it, from the early part to now is we stopped giving up. I think we were averaging somewhere around nine runs a game. We were giving up when we were going through the losing streak. And um, as I pointed out uh, over these last uh, nine SWAT games and uh, out-of-conference games, I think our average is more close to about three, four, and what skews it is a uh, like I say two games where we gave up uh, uh eight and nine I believe.
1: Yeah, well, um, so you you brought up the pitching side of things and that defensive side. I went and looked at the batting, the batting. These are some of the numbers, uh, that that we had at that time. So we only had two games in which, and this is that 14-game stretch, we only had two games in which we had 10 or more hits. And and I, I mention that because you'll see that, juxtapose that against what we do later in the year. But we only had a total of 77 hits out of 415 at-bats. That's a 186 batting average over that stretch. We got shut out. In four games meaning we did not score a run in four games in total we only scored 33 runs and so uh, that that was that was that losing streak now let me juxtapose that with what we have done since in the last 12 games which includes nine conference games right eight of the 12 games we have had ten or more hits Um. We have pitched two shutouts and in eight of the 12 games, including those two shutouts, we have allowed three or less runs. We have scored 89 runs over the course of these 12 games. And we are hitting 307, 140 hits. So we've nearly doubled up our hit production in that 12 game stretch. And then of course, as you mentioned, Hunter Veets, we've seen what he's done. But let's not forget D.J. Wilkerson. D.J. Wilkerson has come away with uh, two of his three games that he's won. He uh, pitched six innings, only gave up a run, struck out six against Valley, pitched six innings, gave up two runs, struck out seven, had a no decision against Alabama a and And then against Bethune, he went six and two-thirds, only gave up a run struck out 10 and won that contest. And then Kellen Fox is the third member of that big three. And he's usually the Sunday closer or the Sunday starter. Um, He's actually one and one and O with two no decisions, but he's gone seven innings against Valley, eight innings against A&M. He only pitched four and two thirds against Bethune. So I don't know if anything's going on there, but essentially he gave up no runs, two runs and one earned run. And so that's where you're, that's the starting pitching on the weekend. That's what you're getting from the big three of beats Wilkerson and Fox. And it has made all the difference in the world right now. And then, and then, you know, one of the things that you talked about, Kelvin, was those midweek games. When I went back and looked at the numbers, those are those games where he's throwing in multiple pitchers. Uh, right. For example, against Jacksonville, we had seven pitchers in a 12-inning ball game. Against Florida, we had seven pitchers in a nine-inning ball game. Um, uh, just the other day, against Mercer, um, we had uh, – let's see. What do we have? Actually, actually we had a guy – uh, Sean Husk went actually seven and two thirds. So that was a, that was a little bit unusual, but uh, he gave up four earned runs really like in the early parts of that game and didn't really give up too much after that. So uh, Hust is really, has really looked good. And, uh, and then of course, you know, the batting Rawell has looked good. Um, the batting numbers are, are just awesome right now. And so that's sort of what's really, What's really been impressive. Uh Kofi, any any uh you go deep diving on the springboard there into the into these baseball stats? I don't know if you if you like to nerd out on baseball stats like I do. I'm not a nerd when it comes to stats,
2: you know, but because <laughs> all I really care about is the W. And all I'm really looking for is really the tournament. Uh what I will say is, you know, just like any other sport, um, unforced errors is what will ultimately decide it. So if you can cut down on your errors and cut down on the runs and the the, the little silly mistakes that you make, and increase your productivity uh, on the offensive end, you're going to have good results. And confidence is a major factor in in terms of how you play. Um, You know, that success breeds more success. You end up finding a rhythm. And that confidence, of course, carries over from game to game. These guys are believing that they should – Win these swag games when consequently they are doing that, they're in a rhythm, uh, the energy levels up, and you see that with the wins that they're getting across the board. Now, obviously, they have to solve the whole Alabama State uh puzzle, but I believe that they will uh at the end. And I'm looking forward to us uh again adding a bringing a championship trophy back to Tallahassee.
1: The just in case anyone is familiar, now I don't know, can you guys? recall how the Miak format is but I think the SWAC format is and I, if I want to say I want to recall uh, coach Shoop talking about this as well the SWAC format for the tournament is a little bit different than the MEAC in in that it's a double elimination up until the championship game so you know obviously you get two opportunities just like in the college world series or whatever but when you get to that championship day it's one game and done and I know, you know, anybody who pays attention to what happened in the SWAC baseball season this past spring, um, you know, Southern ended up winning, beating Jackson State off of one one hit, one play in the uh, eighth or ninth inning. And Jackson State, you know, who rolled, they hadn't lost a game, if I'm not mistaken, in, in the tournament. And so that's the one thing that, Makes you nervous in a one tournament. They didn't lose a, game all, didn't lose a game all year. Correct. It was undefeated all year right. long. Right, and so the one the one game that they did lose, it cost them a bid to the uh, to the uh, tournament, to the NCAA tournament, and so that's the only thing that kind of makes you nervous. You know, obviously, you you, you know, you hey, don't you think about those kind of nervous things. by some stuff. Stop getting nervous
2: <laughs> every time I try I'm with, with COVID. Cookman make you nervous. Just
0: yeah, it's whatever cut that nervousness out it's ridiculous. that's right rattlers
1: we ain't nervous all right <laughs> that's right that's why i got you that's why i got you too i i i you know i'm gonna be the nervous nelly and i'll let you two talk me off that ledge so that's that's i know that's just the nature of the beast i guess from over here uh so again uh, the schedule is favorable it's not like a coat fan base. Oh, well, see, now that's what it is. See, wow. if anything, it's my years of living on the edge with Peyton Manning in the playoffs. That was so unnecessary, Kofi. I hate you. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's all love. Uh, that was deep. That hurt. Jackson State's coming up this weekend. For, uh, that's actually starting Thursday. So tomorrow... Yes. At, yeah. uh, because obviously it looks like they're trying to front end the schedule. They don't want to play on Easter. So the schedule yeah. is actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Thursday is a 5 p.m. first pitch start, then Friday, and Saturday is a 1 p.m. start. And I think that'll give Jackson State time to get back home for for Easter and all that, all that good stuff. So if you can get out the Moore Kittles field, do that. Uh, you know, we got to bring down them Tigers, and uh, that'll be – That'll be good to see what we can do, and and it's a good home stretch. You you brought it up. It's a six, seven, seven seven-game stretch. Actually, we're in an eight-game stretch. Lost the first one to Mercer, and then we go from there. Uh, All right, let's let's do this. Let's take a break, fellas. Come back. Let's get into – we can either talk about softball or we can get into this orange and green game. Coming up at the top of hour two, make sure you get tuned in Coach Willie Simmons will be joining us at the top of hour two. And uh, so we're, we'll probably get into our breakdown coming up here in this segment or the next prior to Coach coming on. And so we want to hear from you guys in the chat rooms. Let us know your impressions of the orange and Spring uh, Orange and green spring game. Who stood out offensively? Who stood out to you defensively? So we'll hear about uh, more of that on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment.
3: It's like a machine. Town, to get
0: down.
4: Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the time. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper.
0: As well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Gaville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. Course Lecture Dismiss <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone, Brian, Kelvin, Kofi. Uh, shout out to everybody watching us on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, see a few familiar names in there. Shout out to Tamara T. Always coming in. Uh, Kenneth Rozier. might be might be related to somebody we know. Uh, Mary three hundred five is always in the house. Kendrick Hayes, man, thank you for coming in and joining us. Will Davis. Also coming in, uh, you know, anybody, Montre Bennett, there he is. All right, waiting on, waiting on you. You know, I'm sure there's a few other people on Facebook as well that uh, coming in. I don't know if you guys, if you guys are on Facebook, anybody you see on Facebook, uh, I'm usually tuned into YouTube. So it's kind of hard for me to see who's on the Facebook feed, but feel free to shout out anybody you might see on our Facebook feed. Shout out to, uh, I know folks will be kind of coming in as the show gets going again, top of our two coach Willie Simmons will be joining the show. So if you got any questions that you want to know from coach, send us an email, ONG at gmail.com. Don't just think you can put them in the chat room. And we'll see you can, you can try, but ONG at gmail.com. I promise to pull up and open up the, uh, the, uh, that before too long let's get into softball because uh softball team was red hot coming into today's contest against south florida they had won five in a row uh including a sweep of jackson state at home uh on my, let's see this would have been tuesday night they got a uh, walk off from a walk off double by uh, Janae Mobley to beat Jacksonville University, uh, a three-run walk-off double. Let me let me correct that, just to add some drama to that. Uh, after FAMU had fallen into a four-nothing hole, and so uh, beating first-place Jackson State over the weekend was was huge. That was huge for the weekend. Um, Kelvin, uh, your thoughts on softball? I guess we should mention the fact that. Today's contest against South Florida did not go uh, – the streak kind of came to an end, but uh, the, the ladies are still playing some good softball at this point in the year.
0: Yeah. So we only had one other four-game winning streak when I went back and looked at uh, the schedule and the results. Uh, so um, to have a sweep against Jackson State, who was in first place in the East, um, and then to come back and follow that up with a very solid win against a solid program in JU. Uh, and we scored, uh, I believe, six runs, five or six runs in the last fifth, sixth, and seventh inning to, uh, to pull that game out. So, in, in walkout fashion. So, we're showing grit, we're showing um, 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 Rattler tenacity. And, um, hopefully we can keep it, we can keep it going. We can keep it rolling. Um, much like when the baseball started this street, my thing was, I wanted to see if we would sustain that success. Uh, it's a good sign with the win over, um, J U um, on yesterday. And so we got Alabama and am coming up and, um, if we win, if we if we win two out of three, we we'll love to sweep.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, Kofi, you want anything you want to add, or you want me to kind of go through the standings first before you jump in there with softball?
2: Um, I mean, you can jump in at any time. You know, really, really, for me, the team has had the energy all year long. Uh, they've been bringing that energy all year long. Uh, they went through a lull. Well, of course, again, when you play the tough teams that our team played uh, at the beginning of the year, we knew going in that it was going to be tough to get some Ws. But uh, once we got into um, conference play and found a rhythm, it was only a matter of time before these girls started to, again, build that confidence uh, and get that Rattler swag back. And uh, that's where they are right now. And again, I'm just all I'm just waiting for this tournament to see how we're going to really perform, because that's
1: really what it's all about. The you know, the the standings right now in the eastern division of the SWAC. We are sitting at eight and seven in conference play Uh, tied right there at eight and seven with Alabama State and Jackson State. Bethune Cookman is sitting one game above all of us, those three schools at nine and six. One game behind us is Valley, Mississippi Valley State. So five teams sitting within two games of each other. So, and, and this weekend we play Alabama AM, who is four and 10. They're in the bottom and the cellar. Of the division, so no game. We're not gonna say it's an easy game, but mm-hmm. I like our chances. If we did they can beat us before? Out,
0: we uh, won two out of three. They beat us one time up there. Okay. We won two out okay. of three.
1: Okay, so we have the doubleheader on Friday, one and three o'clock, and that 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 game is, I think, is that a home? I think that's a home game. Yes. That is, it looks like, yeah, it's home. It's home. Yes. So this is a home series. And then Saturday at noon. So this is an awesome weekend to get into Tallahassee. I mean, with the, the fact that it's Easter weekend, um, you got an opportunity to, to watch a big baseball series, a big softball series. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't been to a softball, the chatter, this is what I love about softball. The chatter is, in the box is outrageous, and I'm yeah. telling you, our girls got a. They had a chant where I'm gonna I'm try to do this justice because I'm watching, I'm listening. To Jackson, Jackson, they had no chatter.
2: Don't put that Indiana uh, on it now. I, I don't need that no Indiana chatter. white boy weak stuff. You, if you're not hey, gonna put the stank on it, don't do it. I, they
0: they I'm gonna gonna do, a side do it, do, do it, do it. Up. We won't, get, Brian. We won't, Brian. One
1: girl, they had one girl that was <laughs> saying, who let the dogs out there and the whole 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 uh whole um uh, box would go root roo. who let the I mean it was just slow. It was it was it was awesome, man. I'm telling you what, it was just who let the dogs out, That's whoo, I said, holy cow. I said, and they were in unison. I, the chat and I, and like all the while I just kept watching for Jackson's No Chatter. No chatter. No chatter about Jackson's. Day. I don't know if it was because we were in a tail or what, but there was just no chatter over there. So, you know, I, that was awesome to see. Our, our girls just, there was chatter the whole game. Didn't matter if we were up, down, whatever. That is a fun atmosphere, you know, and uh, so I'm just going to encourage you guys to go. I don't know the, the the whole science behind the chatter, and I don't know if you have a designated ch- – I don't know when you, pra- when do you practice that stuff. You you normally have like a song leader uh,
2: or a chant leader on your team. You know, somebody that's going to lead it and get it started off, like the deacons at the Baptist church. Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And they started off with that. And then, you know, everybody knows the following end with the whole lining of the hymn. But my whole point is they have a song leader on the team. So they get it going. You know, you see they're doing the bus stop. They're doing dances. They're doing anything to keep the spirit up. And that's, you know, just something that uh, Coach Wiggins, you know, just really instilled with this team. And that's why they compete um, at the level that they do all of the time. They've been consistent with it.
1: And I, I got a feeling like I've heard people talk about that's why softball in the spring is in terms of why. what would you rather watch, Uh, between softball and baseball college baseball college softball i gotta imagine that's why you'd rather watch college softball because it's entertaining as heck i mean but i mean you know if you've watched a game you know you're normally got two 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 boxes that are that are going at it with different chants throughout the contest right but I mean that that was awesome. I, I'm not gonna lie. They hit me with that. When I when I heard a girl when I heard one girl just slowly do that, I just kind of looked like, yo, this is okay. They got me. They got me. So, you know, that was <laughs> yeah, we got uh we got Pastor, Pastor Reverend Deacon Kofi in the house, uh definitely doing his thing. Uh but yeah, this is a big series. Uh Alabama m this weekend. In the bottom, I guess I should. And, and then on the other side, I guess I should kind of while I'm in the middle of talking about the standings on the other side of the slack on the west, you've got Texas Southern, they're at 12 and three overall, followed by Prairie View AM at nine and six. All is eight and seven, Southern's eight and seven, and then Grambling and UAPB five and 10, three and 10, respectively. I, I think the you know, you kind of play the east as it is. Uh, you don't really you don't really cross over. And that's that's something that it'll be interesting to see how the SWAC addresses in the future. Will they do crossover weekends? Or is it too busy to try to do crossovers? Because that is a big disadvantage when you go to the playoffs. Or the tournament rather. Because the tournament will usually be like East One versus West something or other, or East Three versus West Four. You know what I'm saying? So, if you haven't seen the other side play, you know, it, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Uh, so, that's softball. Any, any final thoughts today? Any other spring sports that we failed to mention here in this part of the roundup, guys? Anything that you want to shout out? Tennis, the women's tennis team
2: is doing well. Um, they're competing well. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough for them to take out uh, Alcorn. But you know, uh, if they if they can come in with it and uh, find a way uh, to get there, I'm I'm totally uh, expecting them
0: to be at least top three
2: in the conference. Um,
0: and uh, and I'll add going back, I'm gonna jump back to softball real quick. So we're at the end yeah. of softball season. We've got uh th- three, three more series. We've got the LMANM. We got Valley. And we got Alabama and um that's it the like uh softball board, on- so we need to maximize as many as possible is, is the sniper getting him
2: oh, oh.
1: It's tra- the sniper's trying to get you Calvin. he's is like the out there him? trying to <that- that- trying to get you repeat what you were saying because you were chopping in and out there. Let's see if, let's see if we can get a better uh, signal from you. Repeat what you were just saying there, Kelvin.
0: So I was just saying, softball season is coming to an end. We got the conference tournament in Gulfport. So we got Alabama state Valley. and Those are our last series of the season. So we need to create some separation these last three series, two of them at home.
1: Right, right. Okay, that's good. Two of the last three at home. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Going back real quick, since Kofi mentioned tennis, the uh, SWAC championships coming up April 22nd through the 24th in Birmingham. So uh, our season has uh, pretty much come to an end. We are currently – tied in fourth with Alcorn and Alabama AM at five and four. So uh, Jackson State is unbeaten. Alabama State is eight and one. Only loss coming to Jackson State, I'm sure. Prairie View AM is seven and two. Probably their only losses have been to Jackson State and Alabama State. So the top three is solid and it's just a matter of what can what we'll be able to do in that four, five I don't know how they're going to do tiebreakers. We'll we'll have more info on that maybe next week. But again, uh, the following weekend after Easter weekend is the tennis tournament. Let's step away for a short minute. Come back. Get into some orange and green spring game talk. Coming up at the top of hour two, Coach Willie Simmons will be joining the show. You guys stay in there. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone
2: I return to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain
4: out of being hurt.
1: Troy, you work
4: here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes.
3: Never not working. (laughs)
4: Never
3: not working.
4: Never, ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working. For 200 years,
2: Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change.
4: Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin.
0: excuse me. Roll it back, everybody.
3: Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
1: Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community.
5: Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at mymajesteas.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S
1: dot com. My Majesty's, an Urban Passport member.
3: mangoes caribbean restaurant 180 auburn avenue right next to royal peacock in downtown atlanta for more info or directions call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoes caribbean restaurant.com for instant coupons text mangos to
5: 313131
3: mangoes caribbean restaurant authentic caribbean cuisine
1: Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi here. And uh, we're going to get into talking a little bit about the orange and green game from this past weekend. And uh, hopefully you got a chance to catch our pre-show. And it was cold. Beautiful day, sunwise, blue skies. But man, the Hawk was whipping. So, I mean, trust me, that. It, we appreciate you tuning in to watching the pre-show. Um, There's lots to talk about here. In, uh in, in this contest and I know some of us some of us are a little more excited about this spring game than <laughs> others but uh <laughs> you know so let's just kind of go around the horn and kind of uh talk about uh let, let's go with uh we'll start it off like this what are one or two of the biggest takeaways from the weekend we'll start with you Kofi
2: Uh, The Rattler defense is probably going to be even better than it was this past fall, um, which is scary. Um, That linebacking core uh, with Isaiah there, and we didn't even have Isaiah land um, who was out because of his surgery in the game. So that, that defense is going to be just crazy, crazy good. There's so much depth. We've got a ton of DBs. We've got a ton of uh, – we've got waves of linemen. And when you have that kind of depth and you can interchange your personnel the way that we can with the speed that we have, it's going to be ridiculous. So um, that's probably the one thing that gives me um, great encouragement definitely going in the fall. The defense is probably going to be even better.
1: Um, also, General Hunt was also not not playing this spring game um, as well. I don't know if that's injury-related. I want to say I thought it might be from something I heard somewhere on another show, but uh, no telling. Uh, uh, Kelvin, your one or two biggest takeaways from the weekend.
0: Uh, I'm going to give you three. Uh, the first one, i I pick it back off of Kofi. Um coach Ryan Smith Smith Rock kinda alluded when he was on our show. Uh the the, the, the secondary as well as the linebacking core are gonna be more athletic and faster. Um they may not be as big, but they're just as tenacious and um I know we're developing depth, but both orange and green defenses were very active. Caused a lot of uh, situations, and um, it really bodes well. Not only were we without those two starters, which we didn't need them in the spring. They they know the defense. Uh, we know what they're going to do. It was good to get a look at some of the transfers. But also remember that um the four star safety Moore is not on campus yet, as well as the DN um, cuts of uh, four stars. So we're we're going to get even more even more depth and athletic. So I'm very excited about what the potential of this defense. Number two, the kicking game. Um of course we know we got all American, two really two All Americans in, in the pipeline. So uh the fact that we know we're gonna rely on defense and and, and special teams makes me sleep well at kicking night. Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah so so the third thing for me is is we, we done gave all the accolades uh, now I'm going to give a, a concern. O-line, um, I, I just think we need a little more talent, a little more length. Um, I think we m- need more athletic um, built uh, linemen. So that was stood out to me. We we had what uh, scores what 12-3 because of the uh, the pick, and um, uh, what three or four field goals, and then we scored. There was two score, two touchdowns in the second half. Uh, uh tight end Kamari looked game ready. He looked awesome. He looked great. And um, then Zay course made Zay, Zay did a Zay thing. You know where He just caught a pass in traffic, uh, made guys miss and took it to the house. So you know, neither one of those are surprises. But th- those are my takeaway. I I, I really think we got to get a little more athletic on the officer line. I, I want to. Here's the thing. I, I want to, and I I thought about
1: that as well. But I will tell you, and I, I will tell you if you have concerns about the offensive line. Don't be so worried about the line from this standpoint. The the interception, and as I was watching the film, the replay of the game, and and watched the plays a couple times. Really, you got to give more credit to the defense. And really the actual pre-snap read. And here's what I mean by that. Um, The second play, actually, second play of the game. It was either first or second play of the game where McKay drops back the pass and it's an incomplete pass, right? First play of the game. First play of the scrimmage in the first quarter by Orange. There was a rush, untouched, unchecked, a missed assignment by by uh by twenty three, and that right there caused number ninety one Cameron Smith to get right to the quarterback. If if Jennings or you know McKay picks up the read properly, that opportunity doesn't happen. There were a couple other times when I saw some deflections. There were some corner blitzes. Now this is what I'll be curious to see: yeah. how many? Count the number of times during the season, you saw corner blitzes. I, I I, don't think we had a lot of them. I'll tell you what. Yeah, uh, safety and, blitzes. And see, uh, well, see, and I don't know, you know, forgive me, I, I I, don't know if this was a corner or safety, but Eric Smith, number eight, DB, 5'9", redshirt senior from Norland High School, Miami.
0: Uh-huh.
1: That cat is fast. And a couple yep. times early in that First, first, uh, let me see. Was it the first drive, uh, and also a little bit later in the third series, where he blitzed and nobody saw it? It's like one time we shifted the entire protection from the left to the right, and all he did was say, "Okay, well, you moved everybody. I'm just gonna come blitz because there's nobody to pick him up," and he just came right in there unchecked. So I, you know, that's one of those things where. I got to imagine if 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 everybody's on the same page with where you're supposed to be, because I think we pull I think this was the green team uh, because he's on orange. So this is the green team. And I can't remember if it was either SAP or Howard, but one of the two moved. First off, they moved Pruitt from the left over to the right. And then also the the, the running back in the backfield, which was Coates. He went over from left to right. Well, guess which side the blitz came from the left side of the quarterback that happened like two or three times where uh, Smith got in there. So I, Hey, it would be nice to see if we get into that blitz a lot, but I thought there were a couple of defensive linemen who really showed up on when I was watching the tape that I'm really impressed by. And so when we talk about, Hey, why did, why didn't McKay have or not look very good on a few uh, past plays? Or why did Howard not look good on a couple pass plays? Well, honestly, because they got blown up there. The, uh, the uh, defensive, the defensive line uh, just basically blew up the offensive uh, coverage, but there were still moments when I saw uh, all of the quarterbacks, uh, Muratovic, Musa, uh, Sap, all of them. There were, there were moments when they did a good job of moving in the pocket, uh, showed some good poise, even with the pressure coming and they got rid of the ball. And I, I think it's always going to be a case of, can you find the right read? Um, so for me, my biggest takeaways, there were a couple guys that I came away really impressed with um, the defensive two. I'm going to give you two defensive linemen that I think we got to pay attention to this upcoming year. Uh, number 91, Cameron Smith is one of them. Six, uh, five grad, a uh, grad student from uh, Coffeyville uh, Community College from Florence, Alabama. He was number ninety-one on the green team. Uh, he looks every bit of six-five. Every time they went to a sideline shot, he was the tallest, biggest dude out there. I mean, he looked the part. I mean, six-five looks the part when you are taller than everybody else in that huddle, right? So I was really impressed with him early on. Also. Uh, another big defensive lineman, number 95, Abu Bangura. Uh, he is a redshirt senior from uh, Stockbridge, Georgia, 6'3", 255. He was on orange team. I thought he did some good things. So, you know, I, I guess we would have to go back and look at the depth chart and say, I, you know, where are those guys in, where were they last year? But I really think those two, really showed up. And like you said, add add those if those guys can get some reps into the mix, I think it'll be a good thing. Uh another defensive player, obviously you guys brought up Isaiah Major, who I, I'll tell you what, I the, the the play in which he got that interception, I you should go back and watch what he did on that play. Because he he created that turnover he created that turnover because really it was a crossing pattern. It was a crossing route that he really kind of, he really took away one of the receivers and forced another receiver away from what he was supposed to do. And he ended up with a pick. He ended up basically doing a back pedal by two yards, picked it off and he was gone. Obviously there was a penalty uh, uh, that, that caused it to come back, but that was a, I thought that was a good play by a major and then what other defensive guy i'll tell you guys that caught me number 21 on green timothy williams jr uh 6-2 db red shirt senior from dr Crop down in miami i don't know if you saw him but he got a few deflections and remember what remember what coach smitty rock was talking about about taking away those jump balls that jackson state got on got away with us there's a guy who's going to take that away. At 62, I mean, he's running right there with Malachi Wideman and whoever else Jackson State has that they want to throw out there, but uh that that's a guy who I thought could stay uh step for step uh with them. Um let's go let's go offensive side of the ball guys for a minute. Um running back situation. Obviously, the, uh, the big story with the running back situation, Destin Coates, and uh, the, the play in which he got hurt happened in the second quarter. Uh, really, it was actually sort of a, it, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to call it an inadvertent face mask, but the, the face mask that uh, one of the guys from the Orange caught him with ended up causing him to almost kind of turn his body, and that that's where you know. I don't know what the official report is on the knee. Uh, maybe, Oof. maybe we'll hear. But I, I knew it as minute he was he was he was he was fit to be tied. He was cussing the minute it happened. He he was so visibly. I was right there, maybe 20, 25 yards from him when it happened, and I could hear. I text you guys. I told you. I said, "Uh oh, it's not good. Coach is down." And the minute you start seeing guys go to a knee and praying. That was a that was a that was a tip off, uh, right there, um, Kofi. What overall? What is what are your thoughts on the running backs from what you saw?
2: Um, you know, running back was a strength for our team last year, and uh, Terrell Jennings is uh, going to be definitely leading the way. You have McLeod there, Leland Wilhoit, uh, number three was actually a star on the uh, scout team last year. I know we didn't see him because just our backfield was just so deep with a number of people. But, you know, even if you go into, um, uh, Eddie Tillman, uh, those guys, Leland Wilhoy, uh, came out of the backfield and actually was in position to catch a bomb from, uh, Musa. Um, uh, I think was, I don't know what quarter it was, but, that was, a, you know, that was just an amazing play. But Leland Wilhort was giving our defense fits last year in practice. And uh, he did not play for us last year. But now that he's gotten everything squared away, he's going to be a major factor and a major contributor to our team in the fall. And I'm probably, uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I fully expect us uh, to possibly sign uh, somebody else um, to come in and fill in that little gap. Uh, just because you know depth is needed, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, running back is a strength. Jennings ran extremely well uh, in the game on Saturday. He's 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 tough. He looks a little be a little bit leaner. Um, he is fast, and he will run you over. So, <laughs> all of those things are contributing factors. Each one of them brings something different. Uh, To the table, but I like the way it seemed like he was getting four and five yards every carry he got. So um, I'm looking for that explosive play, which is what our offense is definitely known for. And we didn't see that on Saturday, but a lot of that has to do with how good our defense really is. So uh, I want to say I'm not worried necessarily about our running backs, but I'm looking for, uh, you know, just greater to come from this
0: group.
1: Kelvin, what's your take on the running back situation?
0: I'm going to give my take on offense just in general. Uh, And I'm going to admit that uh, when you started off this segment talking about some are more excited than others, I'm I'm the one that's not very excited about spring games. Uh, And given the format of this one and so forth, I don't know how much you can take out of it. We, because we have a seasoned team with a, you know, we don't have many holes. So I was able to glean from the, you know, everything that uh, we, we, what what we already know we're, we're a real good team and it remains to be seen. We got to see what kind of depth that we achieve um, the growth in the quarterback and the offensive line. But, you know, from office standpoint, I, I, I thought that, uh, Jennings did run the ball well. Of course, I already mentioned Kamari Young. And we talked about Zay making a play. And um outside of that, I mean, they if you're looking for something, uh, you know, uh Mar- and um and uh uh Musa. Musa. You say know, they had a, come on say his name. They 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 had a couple I- of Oh, drives I guess you can say one or two drives where they made throws and they missed some throws that they should have and then of course Musa had the interception um which which uh McKay doesn't do uh it's interesting that I I, I three top quarterbacks all names all start with him too <laughs>
1: okay but um
0: but but I I didn't <laughs> you know there there was no movement for me in terms of the quarterback position um uh you know, it, it was it was a spring game, and 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 my man is still McKay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the you triple MCs. Hey, you, the you, triple C
1: You Wanted to get that out. See, that's, that's what you should have led with. That's what you should have led with.
0: Hey, I'm, led I'm all with. about them Ws, baby. As, as Kobe says, it's, it's about the Ws.
1: All right. So see, I, the, I I did that, Kofi, because while I'm sitting here charting stats and passes and completions, like you know, I won't tell you that uh, Mirkovic completed his first seven passes thrown. I won't tell you that. You know, I, I won't even I won't even mention that. You know. I won't even mention. Please that don't start on this whole two- Meritovic thing last year because you started that foolishness <laughs> last year,
0: and, and we and, told you. And, what, and we told you this whole left thing.
1: Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm just pointing out what the what I saw in the contest, and then I, I'm just going to say the two of the best throws, two of the prettiest balls were thrown by Musa, which was about a 35-yard pass. Well, see. No. hold on again. I, I, the pick six I'm just... was no, no. I, I, I'm look. I'm just, I'm just gonna play that I'm role. Just... The
0: pick
3: six. Go ahead, man. The
1: pick six, The pick six was more a product of the rush combined with Isaiah Major really doing a good job of breaking up that route. I, as I just said, give credit. Major was more of a factor and a reasoning behind that INT than more so Musa uh uh you know throwing off his he, back he foot
0: threw,
1: yeah well he threw off his back foot as a result of the rush I I, I firmly believe that. That typically um, happens
0: with any quarterback. You correct Well,
1: exactly what I heard someone else say this. When you get ru- what quarterback looks good when you get rushed? Very few. You know even Tom Brady looks normal when you get a rush on him. Um I, I will say I just saw somebody post this uh Montre Bennett talked about penalties. Now I went through the first three quarters, I probably only saw a handful of penalties, to be honest. I thought in terms of penalties, there weren't very many. I I thought we actually did a pretty good job in terms of there was maybe two false starts. Uh there wasn't a lot of hold now who knows the officials could have missed a lot of stuff too, so that's possible. But uh there was like a delayed game. There was a couple of false starts uh, there was obviously on the run back, there was a cheap shot that somebody put on somebody that was a penalty uh, after the INT, but it was a rather clean game for the most part. I, I, I think, I
2: don't know. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this, you know, just, just really, obviously, you know, when you have your referees and it's not a whole lot that you can uh, take, take, take all the way from necessarily a spring game. But I, you know, like you said, I, I would say, that, you know, that was a focus in the spring with them to try to cut down on the penalties. Um, I will never forget, we had a shutout against South Carolina State and just personal foul after personal foul after personal foul after personal foul. It was like four personal fouls.
1: On- Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. You said so after your fourth personal foul, I lost you, but now I got you. Go ahead. Okay. four personal <laughs> foul. It was
2: just it was just ridiculous. They drove right down the field and that was the drive that they actually scored on. They probably would not have scored if it had not been. Now, do I think that the personal fouls was very suspect? Absolutely. But yes. when you are in the SWAT, <laughs> Listen, they be doing that when, crap. That that they be making up stuff. That wasn't the SWAT they, school. Listen. I'm just saying, Swack and Miak. Well, Miak, is, Miak is that close.
1: Here, here's what, here's that close. what I found. is on a whole different level when it comes to that raggedy referendum. And here's what I found is real interesting. And I'm bringing this back to the running back situation because I know if we did lose coach for the year, uh, I don't know that to be true. I, I I feel like I read that somewhere. I don't know. Or maybe that was on a tweet. We don't know if that's official or not. Um, But between Jennings, um, McLeod, uh, Will Hoyt, who else? McLeod. McLeod. uh, Even a young man uh, that got some time in there. um, Trevante Davis, uh, man. Well, hold on. Is, is Davis is a receiver? We're gonna talk about the receivers. I, I had him dotted as, as well. He he's another, he's a receiver who yeah. I was really pleased with. He stood out for me. I think yeah. he caught one of the touchdown passes. Uh he stood out for me as well. One of the guys that I that I spotlighted. Um looking for the other young man, number oh, 46, Dalen Hall, uh from my hometown, Indianapolis. Uh he's a small running back. And uh, you know, like you said, uh, you know who I thought about? What what happened? We'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about this off air. I, there was somebody who was missing a running back that was there last year. I almost said it, but I'm not gonna say. it. You know what I'm talking about, Kelvin? You're shaking right, your head. Okay, right. yeah. I, now where, where's? Because I was looking around like, where is? Uh, okay, hold on. I don't see him. But anyway,
0: you gotta uh, take care of some stuff.
1: I, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then you know, then there's Eddie Tillman the third. Who's? I, I think the running game is gonna be okay you know I, I really do i think <laughs> look you the that... thing is let me let me
2: say this again it's a spring game so <laughs> you know if you notice there weren't multiple back sets um that you saw on saturday there was no real hey, diversity or real COVID COVID hold on hold on COVID
0: what is it what is it say it one more time it's the spring,
2: spring game, game?
3: <laughs>
0: Don't
2: devalue that. Spring Don't spring that. Don't stop that. Go ahead. Stop that, Kelly. Listen, stop again, it. We love football. We love football, right? But at the same time, you know, I saw people from, I mean, Mercer's whole football team was at the game, right? There were people from Jackson State there that were spying on our team and trying to get some intel. There was folks from <laughs> But Thone Cookman, seriously, listen now, there's folks from Cookman that were watching the Durham Spring game, not to mention the people that were watching on the feed, you know, so you can't show everything that you would normally do. You just want to get a good feel for what's going on, you know, get people in situations and prayerfully, nobody gets hurt. But as you saw, I mean, Rattling Nation, it wasn't 10,000 people there, but there was more than enough. You know, Say that there, yeah. shows you that Rattler Nation loves themselves some freaking football. So if you if you put out there for them to come out there in the wind, the way that it was blowing, with jackets on, I saw LeBron jerseys, I saw a ton of orange and green, the band was there. You know, it was a good day. I mean, Coach Simmons had his little blaze on with the little lapel up there on the on the side and everything. So, you know, it's it's a big deal. And I'm looking for greater things, but it's just a spring game. So, all of the defensive nuances, all of the offensive nuances, you know, all the things that we desire to see, we're not going to necessarily see because it's a spring game. So, you know, it is what it is.
1: These these notes, these notes, Kofi, these notes, these meticulous notes on every play, I'm not going to – you're not going to devalue my notes that I've been taking <laughs> talking about it's just a spring game. The heck with you. The heck with you, we got six quarterbacks in the room, Kofi. I'm trying to get a people, I'm trying to break this down so that we can, you know, because people want to know. Nation is excited about football, all you got to do is say football for Rattler
2: Nation, and we in there, we ready, you know. But I don't want well, us to go you, away,
1: you know, nitpicking too yes. much just because right, it's right. a spring game. Right. Well, here, okay, look, I, I, I get it, but look, here's the thing here's what's the beauty of, and I thought about this as I was watching again, taking notes uh, of this game, if the if the traditional one versus one, two versus two, one versus twos, if you go with that traditional format that you're kind of used to seeing a lot of people's Springs, we probably don't get excited about the emergence of some guys. I mean the three or four of the names that I spotlighted, I, I don't I, I maybe don't get hey, excited about them because you know why we got to see them work. That's
2: my darn thing.
1: Yeah, we we got to see them incorporate and work with number ones. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got, for example, uh, Trevante Davis, uh, 6'1", one redshirt junior from Flint, Michigan, went Wayne State. If he's not catching passes from Musa you know are we as excited about him if we cuz we may not get a chance to see him i think he if you saw his film of- if you took some time to look at his film you would definitely be excited He's a playmaker
2: um but, but- now <laughs>
1: that you see him live in orange it with a a running sort of with the i don't know if you want to call it 1a or 1b team whatever you want to call it he looked he looked like he belonged out there he looked good oh absolutely yeah. he looked good out there no doubt, you know what I'm saying? And um, I, I just think the format was – would be curious to find out why or where Coach came up with it. And also, we'll have to ask him about it, how it compared to the scrimmage that they did the week before that was more closed. Because I think that was your more uh, – I don't know what's the word. I don't know if traditional is the right word, but that was sort of the – uh scrimmage that probably i don't know if you want to see ones versus ones that was maybe that format right let's do this let's take a pause for a moment guys take a break i think we'll have coach simmons with us we'll double check uh so coming up on the other side of the break we're either going to get into a little more talk on this orange and orange and green game or we'll have the head ball coach himself joining us on the other side. You're watching the OG strike zone. We'll be back in just a moment from novice to aficionado. Find yourself here, high quality cigars plus personal customer service with slow burn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slow burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rivals, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com.
0: But if they want to pass, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield. Technology protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rug. Ooh,
4: nice.
3: Never not working.
0: Never, ever, never, ever not working.
3: Welcome,
0: everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection
3: that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
4: Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and adds a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine.
2: Don't We're
4: to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the time.
1: Welcome back to the O and G Strike Zone, and Brian, Kelvin, Kofi—well, Kofi somewhere. <laughs> there we go. And uh, it's it's uh, good to be. Joined by the head ball coach, uh, Coach Willie Simmons, taking some time out to join us. Coach, how you doing this evening?
5: I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Good to see
2: everyone. Yes, sir. Yes, All right,
5: sir. Coach.
1: Doing well. Doing well. Hey, so uh, a lot of excitement, obviously just excitement among just us, but excitement about uh, from Rattler Nation after this past weekend's orange and green spring game. Uh, what are your your What are your emotions uh, following uh, the the end of spring practices and the uh, spring game?
5: Well, I thought we had uh, fifteen productive days. Um, obviously, uh, coming off last season, there was, there was a lot of momentum, and we wanted to, to, to build upon that. You know, we brought in uh, eleven new faces uh, this spring, and you know, it was able to uh, good to see those guys uh, come in and show what they were able to do, and so. Um, we feel like we've created a lot of depth at a lot of key positions. Obviously, the the quarterback room uh, got better with the addition of Jeremy Moussa. Um, You know, unfortunately, at running back, we had a uh, had an injury in the spring game, and um, Destin coast <clears throat> had a pretty significant knee injury. And, uh, depending on his recovery, uh, we may get him back near the end of the season. But um, you know, he, he should make a full recovery. It Just depends on how long, but. Um, at wide receiver, you know, Trey Davis uh, coming in, transfer from Wayne State Division II school, but uh, he's as, as good as anyone we feel uh, as a jump ball and one-on-one guy. And up front, you know, Jalen Goss from Florida State came in, did a really good job. And the defensive transfers, um, Isaiah Major, Eric Horn, uh, Kamani King, um, you know, Dre Jones, uh, all those guys, even Zaire Riley, a high school signing Uh, from right here in Gadsden County, Um, all came in and made significant impact. So looking forward to getting, you know, the guys back from injury that didn't go through the spring uh, and then seeing how good we can really be. But um, we're as talented as we've been here uh, during our tenure. So just got to clean up some little things and, uh, you know, develop our core identity, develop some leadership. Uh, But we think we have a football team that definitely can go out there and compete uh, for not only a SWAC championship, uh, but, but an outright HBCU national championship as well.
1: Yes, sir. I, I think uh, around the board, a lot of people uh, are looking at the, the depth and the potential, um, you know, in, in the in the ones and twos and are, and are really excited. Uh, a lot of options for you and the coaching staff, a lot of good competition, which I know that you guys are very big on the competition factor, breeding and bringing out the best. Um, before I give it over to Kelvin, well, I'm curious the format of this contest uh, or, or the spring game, which I, I tell you what, after watching it, I thought it brought out, uh, it, it shined a light on people that maybe we wouldn't have got a chance to get excited about. Um, where did you get the idea to to go with a format like this and, and uh, what kind of pros and cons were you kind of weighing is, in terms of whether you how you were going to make this happen?
5: Well, anytime we have the depth, uh, we like to, to structure it the way we did. You know, have a draft, uh, give the coaches a chance to, to select players and, you know, allow the guys a chance to play against one another. You know, when you're going through spring ball and even in the training camp, typically you're, you know, offense versus defense the entire time. And uh, that gets a little monotonous. You know, obviously you learn a lot of tendencies and, you know, guys play together. But when you have a spring game format where you can break the teams up, um, you know, have starters on both sides, uh, also have some backups that's, that's got to get some significant playing time. Like you said, it does give guys like, you know, Trey Davis a chance to work with the first team quarterbacks, you know, because in our traditional ones versus ones, twos versus two scrimmages that we did prior to the spring game, um, a lot of his work was with the second, third, or even sometimes fourth quarterbacks, you know, so you really didn't get a chance to see how he would react in there with Rashawn or Jeremy. So, uh, really good to do that, and uh, good to see guys um, have to communicate uh, without that buddy right there with them that they've been communicating with all spring, you know, for 14 practices. And so, um, you know, it was a great format. We did the draft on that Wednesday, uh, live streamed it, uh, had over 45,000 views. Uh, it was a very, very, uh, you know, fun day. You know, strategy-wise, I think the the coaches sometimes try to shut you know, some positions out. Uh, as you notice, the top three quarterbacks were all on the orange team. Uh, the star receivers were all on the green team. Uh, star starting linebackers were on the green team. And so instead of kind of trying to draft for, for, for need, it was more so draft to, to keep good players off the other team. And uh, that, that, that strategy obviously backfired for the green team. They had the first pick, uh, and instead of going with the quarterback, which most teams do, <laughs> they went with an offensive lineman. And then the orange team uh, strategizing, took Rashawn and Jeremy with back-to-back picks. And so um, it really kind of left the green team in a position to be forced to take Junior because um, he was the third quarterback going into the game, but they decided to take Xavier and k and so the orange team came back and took Junior. <laughs> so you have a situation with all the three uh, top quarterbacks uh, coming out of the spring on one team. So as a commissioner, so to speak, I, I got to kind of try to do some things in the future to, to prevent um, – a team for getting shut out from uh, a position like that. But it was fun. You know, the guys really got into it. Uh, they, uh, as you can see, some of them dressed to the nines to, to get their names called. And it was a really, really fun day. So uh, we put that together in about a day and a half. Uh, again, so a huge shout-out to Vaughn Wilson, um, you know, Josh Padilla, uh, you know, his team, everybody who had a hand to do with that. But, uh, you know, next year we'll plan it a little bit more out in advance and we're going to make it, uh, a really, really huge event. And uh, because we were the first one I think that I've ever seen do a live stream draft. But uh, all in all, good format, good day. Um, aside from losing coach, um, I, I thought the guys did a really good job and they, the day was uh, very, very, very successful.
1: Go ahead, Calvin.
0: Coach, I got about five questions for you, but I'm only going to stick with two of them right now. So, uh, because of the format, First of all, let me give you my suggestion on the uh, draft, because I love the draft. It was it was cool and innovative. Uh, make them draft by position. Like, you draft quarterbacks, then you draft running backs, then you draft linemen, so forth. Maybe that can balance it out a little bit better so they don't stockpile. All right. Now, um, the questions. So, question number one is, because of the format and everything, and yet people who don't normally – work together what were you looking for what can you gather from that kind of competition you know they did compete there were some guys that may have not had opportunity that had opportunities and they took advantage of it but just from your perspective from a head coach perspective what did you glean what were you looking for out of that game specifically
5: yeah, well, you know, I, I really wanted to see the guys compete, you know, and, and um, like I say, you know, we had really two full scrimmages and even 14 days. We, we did good on good work um, every day this spring. And so we, we had 14 opportunities to see the, the one offensive line versus the one defensive line, the one receivers versus one defensive backs. And so uh, there's a familiarity, a comfort level that you get when, when you go against the same guys every day. And so I wanted to see how guys reacted when you look up and maybe you're not beside the starting D tackle that you've been practicing with. You know, the starting left tackle, maybe with the backup left guard. Because guess what? During the season, that may happen. You know, it's football and things happen. So, trying to see how guys react and adjust, um, you know, to 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 change to something that's uncomfortable for them. So that was one of the biggest things that we wanted to see. Uh, and then too, you know, we just wanted to see guys really go out there and compete. splitting the teams up i think gives guys more of an opportunity to to play more um you know on that stage as opposed to the traditional ones versus ones or ones versus twos scrimmage um because again when you have six quarterbacks it's kind of hard to get all six into some type of rhythm you know and so um you know it's not perfect there's no perfect formula but i thought the, the, the the spring game format which we typically try to do like i said having enough numbers, and the O-line and D-line is typically the position that you worry about the most. Um, I did think that the guys did a really good job of um, adjusting to change and going out there and performing at a pretty pretty decent level.
0: All right, my follow-up question to that is uh, you have a pretty experienced team. You, we have some holes and some depth that we got to develop, but we, we kind of know uh, most of the guys who are coming back. If you had a younger team or you had more holes, do you think you would have went with a similar format?
5: Um, like I said, I, you know, we've done it before, and, and it's really been more contingent on the amount of numbers we have. Um, I, I didn't really look at it as as a whether we're a veteran team or, <coughs> excuse me, or or a younger team. Um, like I said, we you know we got fourteen days worth of film to to study the rest of the stuff. You know, the spring game is not the end all be all. When it comes right. to evaluating our guys, I mean, we evaluated them from the first day of spring practice all the way through. So, um, we we okay. probably have close to 800 uh, reps of team that we can evaluate. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, um, that's what we're going to look. That's what we're going to look at in the off season. We're going to go through all 800 clips and see, you know, which guys performed, which guys got better throughout the spring, and, and that'll set our depth charts as we go into training camp.
0: Thank you, Coach. And that wasn't for me. That was for our audience. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> Go ahead, uh, Kofi. Up, uh, Coach. So um, really with this, you know, with the, with the format, I thought just going back with what everybody was saying, this the draft was just so innovative. I think it just has an opportunity to be something really huge and actually a huge fundraiser for, um, for the school and for the program. Uh, cause it definitely got people's attention. Um, uh, let me, uh, when you have that scrimmage, I think COVID opened up a lot of eyes in regards to just different possibilities. Do you foresee the day when we would play like one team in a scrimmage in the spring where the NCAA would allow us to play like a, a West Florida or an Albany state or Tuskegee or whoever, or even say a spring scrimmage against Florida state. Um, do you foresee that happening sometime in the future? Actually, or is that something I do. you would like uh, to see happen? Yeah,
5: no. After last, um, after last spring, you know, I, I thought that was a great opportunity for our guys to to really experience a game type atmosphere, right? Going against another another team, um, going against yourself every day. Like I said, it gets it gets pretty monotonous. You know, guys learn each other's tendencies. You know, it's hard to, to tell whether that defensive back is jumping that route because he just made a great break or he knows that that receiver can't run by him because he's been going against him every day for the last two and a half, three weeks. And so when you bring another team in, it really, really shows you kind of where you are. And, and it, it, it resonates and it still sticks out in my head um, when we scrimmaged Albany State last last year. You know, Albany State's a Division II team. I was a really good Division II team. Uh, they, they ran through. The SIAC pretty good last year, Um, but after the scrimmage, our defensive coordinator kept saying that uh, we weren't ready for the speed of Albany State, and it it was baffling because I was like, well, they're not faster than we are, right? They're not bigger, faster, and stronger than we are, but just not knowing what's coming, right? Because based on going against our offense every day, you learn tendencies and you see things you can kind of anticipate what's going to happen but when you place face another team and you haven't studied them the way that you've studied your, yourself for over two weeks, it, it does happen a lot quicker, you know. So, again, it was a great opportunity for our guys. Uh, but there are discussions now about possibly doing a fall scrimmage. The NCAA is, is, mm-hmm. is contemplating allowing one fall scrimmage um, amongst teams. Uh, and if that goes over, then I think the next step is to do the same thing in the spring. I'd much rather do it in the spring. Uh, than the fall, you know, but again, uh, I I like doing both, you know, have that opportunity in the fall because college football is the only sport where there is no preseason. I mean, you're right out of the gate playing meaningful games. You look at us last season, uh, how much better would we have been going into Jackson State had we been able to scrimmage, you know, Albany State a week before or West Florida or even, like you said, have a controlled scrimmage against Florida State. So uh, I think those things are on the horizon, and uh, I think they'll happen sooner rather than later.
2: Of a coach so uh really with the whole thing with uh the why not us it was so popular last year um it got us a lot of exposure got the players a lot of exposure are there any plans to do like a why not us two or it is us uh, going into the fall um, even if let's say uh, Paul is unable to produce it will we do our own documentary with our own separate team because I think there's just a lot of momentum just surrounding Rattler football and what we have to offer here at FAMU.
5: Well, uh, I'd love to. Uh, I think it would be a phenomenal opportunity to, to, to you know, to continue to showcase you know, what this team is all about, what this university is all about. Uh, I've had a couple of discussions uh, with some of the individuals involved in Why Not Us uh, about the possibility of some type of extension, maybe not a Why Not Us 2 or... A, a continuation of last season, um, but maybe another network picking it up. You know, so Like you said, if it, there's a way for us to do it ourselves, I'd love to, because I think it's great exposure. I think it's great for our brand, um, it's great for our young men, uh, and it gives the Nation and, and, and people who maybe aren't familiar with, with FAMU uh, an, an inside look into this program, into these young men, and like I said, into this phenomenal institution that we call HOME. And so uh, if anyone is interested, we, we'd definitely be open to the idea of, 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 you know, showcasing season two, um, even if it's in a shorter version, maybe not the entire season, but snippets during training camp. But I think it's a great opportunity uh, for our guys to continue to brand themselves, especially in the age of NILs, as much as we can do to, to get these guys' names out there, uh, the better it is for our overall program.
2: How Coach?
1: Mm-hmm. Coach, one of the uh, – you, you already mentioned we've got a loaded quarterback room, six guys uh, lots of competition there uh, let's you know if you don't mind starting with kind of uh, just really Rashawn McKay what what have you seen from him over the uh, spring uh, and his improvement uh, what what do you like as you as you see his development?
5: well, well Rashawn's just a, a guy you know who is going to bring it every single day. Um, you know, I, I love him because, you know, Rashawn's that kid. Obviously, the quarterback's on the rotation, and, uh, you know, there are maybe five plays, and then the next guy comes in. Uh, Rashawn's the type that if you're not ready for your field or that sixth play and you, you're you sleeping over there, he's going to jump in and take that rep. You know, and, and if he does something, throws an interception or makes a bad play, I mean, he's standing right in your hip pocket. Coach, can I go back in? Can I go back in? So he's just, he's just a, a fierce competitor. Um, you know, he's one of the toughest, if not the toughest, football players that I've ever really been around. I mean, that kid took some absolute shots last year and continued to pull himself up off the ground and play good football, you know? So he just brings a tenacity to the position. Uh, his work ethic is second to none. Uh, you see him in the weight room. I mean, he's a weight room warrior, one of our strongest guys. And uh, so again, anything that he lacks in, you know, touch experience, football IQ experience. He makes up for it with his hard work, with his, with his, just his heart, um, and his just competitive spirit. So again, he's a kid that obviously we can win with. He showed that last year and, um, and we have no, no problems with, you know, Rashawn McKay being out by QB one, if that's the outcome, you know, coming out of training camp.
1: Okay. Uh, so what, what take people, Behind the scenes, and obviously you—you you having been in this role that these guys are in—I'm fascinated at the quarterback position in college, really everywhere, because it's the only position in sports where only one guy can get on the field at a time. Every you think of every other sport, there's always a second guy, a backup, or another position. You, there's multiple, but there's only one. Only one. There can only be one QB on the field at one time so obviously these guys are all competitors what do you what is the how do you what's the pitch what do you say to these guys that keep six quarterbacks in the room and you don't have a lot of guys running off to the transfer portal I mean that's the one thing I got to say about your program we don't see a lot of guys running off into the portal because they're unhappy and I know the grass isn't always greener but what is it that, that you are saying? Let let people know behind the scenes what it's like in this role for these six guys.
5: Yeah, no question. And that's one of the toughest things about being a quarterback. You know, you hit it right on the head. Uh, typically, you know, one guy's going to take the majority of the snaps. And uh, if you're number two, you know, as I was saying, you, you, you're a wrist injury, you're one ankle roll away. If you're the number three guy, you're two ankle rolls away and so forth. So, you know, you just try to really create a room of competition, you know, where guys are competing hard every day. Uh, but the biggest thing is you try to create a close a close group, you know, a group of guys that support one another, that really care about one another, uh, and, and that's what we have. You know, you see Rashawn uh, right there. Jeremy throws a touchdown in practice. Rashawn's the first one in the end zone celebrating, right, because his, his competitive nature. He wants to beat the defense, you know, and if that's Jeremy beating the defense, or Junior, or uh, Ja'Cory, or, or Le'John, or Sapp, uh, Rashawn is excited because we're getting to beat the defense. And so that just shows that his character. Same thing with Jeremy, you know, all those guys are the same way. And so when we watch film, you know, we're trying to help each other. We're watching film together, being, you know, supportive of one another. And that's what you just try to preach. You try to preach a close knit group. Uh, they understand that as, at that position that, hey, you know, we got to compete every day to show that we're capable of playing. And, and typically, like you said, one quarterback does play. But if we come out of training camp and two guys show today that, that they can lead us to victory, you know, we, we, we have to play two guys. It's happened before, and um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that it may happen again for us, you know. So, um, it, but you can't be in a position where, you know, playing time dictates how you work. And, and that's, that's a life lesson that we tell these guys, you know, that word fight for us. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's ingrained in our DNA. You know, our job is to compete at a high level regardless of what the circumstances are so if you're the sixth quarterback or the first quarterback you know if you're the top draft pick like like Isaiah Land is going to be for his next season or if you're the scout team defensive end right? your job is to is to try your very best every day to work as hard as you can give it everything you have for mother fam you and that's how you become successful in life you know so again if, you, if we're short-sighted and all we think about is football and starting for the Rattlers then we're missing the mark right my job is to myself to be the best man the best husband the best father that i can be and the only way to do that is to give it my all every day regardless of what's in front of me. because for most of these guys and i tell them all the time your first job you're probably not going to be the ceo right your first job may be in the copy room well you can't say that i'm gonna start working hard once i own this company right you have to start off in the copy room working your butt off and take that same drive that same work ethic that same attention to detail And then when you become the boss, it's already ingrained in you. And that's the approach that I took. I wasn't always a head coach. I was a grad assistant first. And everyone knows that that is not a glorious position. But in my mind, I was already a head coach. And so I came to work every day as a grad assistant, whether it was making cut-ups, whether it was taking the coach's uh, jacket to the cleaners or or taking his car to get washed. I did it with the attitude that this is going to prepare me to be a head coach one day. And for those guys, if they're number six on the depth chart, Working hard every day is going to prepare you to eventually be the starter, or better yet, be a professional one day in life. And that's the message that we convey to all of our guys, not just the quarterbacks, and and I think most of our guys, if not all of them, uh, understand that, and that's why you see them work so hard every day.
1: Well said, well said. Kofi, Kelvin, any final things that you want to ask the coach before we let him go to bed tonight?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Coach, I I want you to talk about on the offensive side. You've got a lot of new faces in terms of your staff. Kind of talk about uh, Coach Henry coming back, and 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 um. Then also at the Orange and Green game, you had over a hundred, uh, around hundred and fifty recruits there, and um, you of, of of all levels of skill, and um, Coach Rez, he killing it, man. But just kind of talk about. One those the changes on your coaching staff, then two, uh, the recruits being exposed to the family you brand in your program.
5: Yeah, no doubt. You know, one um, one caveat or downside to to having a winning program is that people are going to try to pluck good coaches off your staff. You know, and so uh, every year we've had to replace really good coaches, and this past year was no different. Um, obviously, you know, Coach Ryan Stancheck, co-offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach, uh, left and took an opportunity at Austin P. Um, coach Shane Tucker, our running back's coach, um, left and went back to his alma mater, uh, Middle Tennessee State, as a wide receivers coach. Uh, and then, um, you know, KJ uh, got a phenomenal opportunity to go and, and, and work for the Los Angeles, Rams, Los Angeles Rams. And so that left a huge void on offense where you had to fill three positions. And so, fortunately for us, um, you know, Coach Henry uh, had been with the program. You know, he was with us at Prairie View for three years was With us in 2018 as the running backs coach at FAM, so he's familiar with me, familiar with the program, how we do things. And um, he went off and left us and, and began to work in the offensive line room, which is a passion of his. And so, we had an offensive line job, we interviewed seven candidates, and uh, he was by far the best one of the seven, in our opinion. And uh, because he's familiar with what we do and how we do it, it was just a perfect marriage, you know. So, he came back in, in, in the same role as Coach Danchek, co offensive coordinator, and offensive line coach. Uh, and then once you know, K.J. took the job at the Rams, um, you know, it was a natural transition to, to, to just give him the sole coordinator title. Um, and he does a phenomenal job organizing things and just, you know, being a guy that I can lean on heavily uh, during the week and during games. So he's definitely going to be an asset, uh, very, very thorough individual, and uh, we're glad to have him back. And, you know, obviously traveling to replace Coach Tucker, uh, you know, we did another thorough interview process and was fortunate enough to bring Marcus Wyndham in from Delta State. Uh, he's a Mississippi born and bred guy from the Delta. Uh, again, he's been around in a very long time. He's coached at the JUCO level, Division Two level, even coached in black college up in North Carolina Central. You know, so, again, he has familiarity with the league, with the MiAC, And uh, but I can tell right now that he's a, a, a dynamic coach for us. And, uh, you know, again, excited to see what he brings to the table. And then lastly, traveling to replace KJ was probably my toughest challenge because I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. You know, KJ had been with me so long he knew our offense, you know, just as well as I do in many senses, even though it's, you know, this offense that I put together, but, you know, him leaving, I felt left a huge void in that room uh, because one, bringing a guy in who doesn't necessarily know our system, could they really pick it up and teach it the way that I wanted to communicate it, you know, and after spending time with those guys, seeing how they responded to the way that I worded things, the way that I taught it, um, I just saw kind of a, uh, the master's role experience, you know, opening of the heavens for them, so to speak, and just their overall knowledge uh, of what we do. And most so of the why's, not the not the what's in the how's because KJ did an amazing job with that, but just being able to talk to them about the why's. Why would I call this play against this defense in this situation? And now you start to see the wheels turning, guys like Rashawn, you know, and even Jeremy, who's already a very, very smart guy. And so after, you know, dealing with that and talking to some of my uh, contemporaries in the profession, um, I felt it was best that I'd I take the position myself, you know, so I, I, I took the quarterbacks, uh, I'll coach them this year, uh, and we brought in a special teams coordinator, you know, so Chili Davis is a young man who, um, you know, who has a lot of experience, um, was at New Mexico State as special teams coordinator, uh, then left there and went to the University of Washington this past season uh, with Coach Jimmy Lake and his staff, uh, and once that staff was let go, he had just gotten over grambling as their special teams coordinator, And so, uh, you know, it really felt good to bring him home, obviously to bring the the pull one off of a a rival. Um, But again, just a guy that has a lot of special teams experience. Um, I felt that that was an area that we, I I don't want to say underachieved, but with a guy like Fadul, guy like Jose Romo Martinez, um, Jamari Sharid. I mean, we have three of the most dynamic special teams players in the country. And with the size and speed we have across the board, I just feel that that's an area that we can completely dominate if we devote the right amount of attention to it and having a guy that his sole responsibility is overseeing the special teams, I think will make us a more dynamic football team. So we made that decision. We're excited about him getting here in another week or so, and we'll be completing then off the field. um, Obviously, recruiting is the the blood of any program, you know, the the lifeblood of any program. And so bringing in uh, Coach Riz and, you know, just his – just his contacts. You know, there's not a recruit from Washington to, <laughs> to the Bahamas that Coach Riz can't touch. And, you know, case in point, when, you know, when we decided to have a junior day and the coaches started to contact guys and try to invite them, we had nine guys that were pre-registered. I made Devin, the recruiting coordinator, in two days, that number had risen to 150, in just two days. And we end up capping that number at 150 because we said, we, if, if we open it up anymore, we're going to have 300 kids on campus and we cannot entertain 300 kids um, on the spring game day. And so just his job, I mean, if, if you see the amount of young men who come through that building on a daily basis, it's, it's phenomenal. And so he, he's, he's, a, he's a gem, um, he's a diamond in the rough for us, and I think he's going to be a guy that really, really sets this program uh, on higher heights because of his influence and the the caliber of young men that he's bringing to campus not the fact that he's just getting guys to campus it's you look up and here's a four-star here here's a five-star here here's a three-star here and um that's a testament to to the job that he does and then miss kendall perry uh being our own campus recruiter organizing those official visits unofficial visits when they get there again just uh has helped us out so much and so uh huge shout out to, to to the staff the support staff um Finally, we're getting to a place where we have people in the right places that can take pressure off of me as a head coach, our assistant coaches to just really focus on coaching, development, and those things. And um, I think that's going to really bode well for us really now and in, in, in the near future.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice. Kofi, close it out with Coach.
2: Hubba, Coach, Yeah, you know, just your eye for talent is uh, absolutely amazing, man, the way you're able to assemble and get people into that next-man-up mentality and get people and fill those positions. Um, I want to ask this question on behalf of Rattler Nation because, you know, we want to get excited about the season. Last year, I know that the uniforms, obviously we uh, we went with the base colors with the orange and the green. Um, and we didn't really necessarily have that whole LeBron uniform thing. So are there any new surprises that are coming with the uniforms in the fall is there anything that Rattler Nation has to look forward to in terms of color schemes well we we still have some color schemes that we haven't um gotten to
5: you know when you have a full set of orange green and white and then two different color helmets um we can we can i think we uh, have up to if i did my calculations right i think we were 18 uniform combinations that we can wear um and so obviously we played 12 games last year we didn't uh, repeat a combination. So there's still some combinations that uh, that we haven't worn. As a matter of fact, there was a, a young man on campus a couple of days ago, uh big 6'3", uh, four-star receiver, and uh, he came nice. out with the uniform combination on. And I said, have we worn that? And they said, no. I said, yeah, <laughs> we have to. It, I mean, I don't know if it was the fact that he's a 6'3", 109-pound receiver, <laughs> but he looked really, really good on <laughs> you know, So... Um, There are some color schemes that that we still haven't pulled out yet. Uh, But as far as the LeBron James deal, from my understanding, um, they're still in the production phase of, you know, a football division, right? Uh, LeBron doesn't – it's not like Jordan just yet where there's a basketball and football division. Right now it's solely basketball. They're slowly transitioning to a football division, obviously with COVID a lot of you know supply chain uh, shortages and, and all those type of things. so uh, we feel confident that in 23 we will be a, we will be outfitted head to toe in LeBron James uniforms just like the basketball team. Um, there is a plan to have LeBron James shoes uh, that may de- debut sometime this year uh, you know can't promise that you know but uh, again the, the Nike partnership that we have, Uh, is is an exclusive deal and so uh, our uniforms are the same quality same material as all of the other elite schools you know same as north carolina oregon texas all those schools and so that's why uh, young men who come to campus are, are really really impressed with our uniforms because when they put them on it doesn't feel any different right well it feels different because they're in that orange and green so a little bit feels a little different but the material is the same material as the other elite programs that they've all gone to so um, you know, again, but but we have fun with the uniform combinations. It may be something that we might let the fans get involved in one day. You know, maybe do some raffles or something to see if, we, if, if they can pick a combination that they want to see for uh, for the five home games this year and even some of the road games. But um, we're excited about this season. Um, you know, great things in store for us, and um, I, I think it's going to be a season that Rattler Nation uh, will be very proud of and uh, that that we'll remember for a very long time. Huber, coach.
1: Well said, coach. The countdown to (laughs) August. The countdown to August 27th has begun. We are officially on the clock. And uh, coach, uh, you've been gracious with your time. Congratulations to you and everybody for a great spring game. Um, I hope you get a chance to get a little bit of rest and relaxation in before you start your summer session or, or whatever it is that you have planned for the summer. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you at SWAC Media Day if we don't talk before then.
5: Well, uh, it, it, most people know that uh, between Shiloh, Raylan, a.k.a. Champ, and uh, Truth, I, I won't be getting much rest. Uh, they, they'll keep me run, keep me going, uh, keep me up most nights. Uh, but, again, it, it's definitely good to be able to finally be able to spend some time with them being the spring ball is over. So we're preparing for recruiting. Uh, we'll hit the road recruiting uh, here in May and try to get throughout the state and uh, surrounding areas. So it's nonstop. You know, uh, football is, is a year-round sport, and um, it's, it's practice, recruiting, camps. Then you're back in the training camp before you know it. You know, so we're excited again, and that's, that, that comes along the territory. But uh, Rattler Nation, you guys get some rest because we're definitely going to need you all this fall uh, to go to Chapel Hill, to go to, to come down to Miami, uh, to, to meet us in, in Montgomery, uh, to travel up to Grambling, Louisiana, and, and of course, to – to pack brag every every Saturday, we're here, you know. So again, this is going to be a special season, and we need everyone uh, who loves family and loves family football to be right there with us every step of the way.
2: Absolutely. Well, Scott, the ladies call. and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that's
3: the coach. The dog coming too. It's time is to go. All, right, coach, say, go. All right, coach. The dog say, is the take the dog
2: the
1: coming. Hey, thank the coach. <laughs> who let the dogs out? All right, coach. Take care. All right, it's Mo-kay. time to go. All right. All right. That was head coach Willie Simmons, man. I love it. I love it. That was great timing. Great timing, man. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I appreciate you guys for all your questions and comments uh, via email or on the chat. Uh, We appreciate you uh, for uh, bringing that home. All right, guys. Any final thoughts? Uh, or any final uh, takes that you want to get in before we close up the show, Kelvin?
0: Uh, Yeah, I want to talk about the ticket packages are out, so everybody make sure you pay attention to those those on timelines for those investing in champions. Uh, The date to remember, you have to have them paid in full by June 30th, or else your inventory will be released. They do have um, season ticket packages. I think I saw starting at $200. Uh, we have five home games, and then I think it was like 245 for the box seats. So, um, anyway, it's all on familyathletics.com. So, uh, make sure that you pay attention to that and start getting prepared for the fall.
1: Well said. Uh, Kofi, any, any final thoughts or anything you want to mention? Yeah,
2: absolutely. You
1: know, just along that line, um,
2: when we had a losing team, we set a record with season ticket sales. So now that we've had back-to-back 92 seasons, we've really got an opportunity to go above and beyond to set this team up for great success, I want to say sustained success. You know, I understand a lot of times when there is change, you know, there are people, especially our old school rattlers, we can be quite militant anytime there's something different. Um, But let's not be that way. Let's try to find a way to be as cooperative as possible so that this this transition can be as seamless as possible um, with the least amount of resistance and difficulty. There's going to be change. Um, But, you know, let's make this shift as seamless because there's an opportunity for us uh, to be set up for, again, sustained success. And we want to keep this momentum going. Um, I want to also say just in regards to the ONG Strike Zone, we're grateful for each and every one of you. But our goal uh, by September is to be up to 100 every time that we're on, at least 100 every time that we're on, I believe we had almost, we had over 50. I think our largest number was around 70, 75, but I believe that we can get up to hundred consistently. So I want everybody that is watching us at this time to tell a neighbor, tell a friend, we're going to turn this thing up and uh, looking forward. And if you have any suggestion for us, uh, please go ahead and put it in our inboxes so that we can give you the best quality content that we possibly can. And I'm looking forward to a great year. And uh, I'm excited
1: man. let's go. Let's go. Uh, well said Kofi well said and uh, same to you Kelvin. a lot of interesting uh, information out there on the season ticket packages. a great plea to all of you out there to uh, make sure to get on board. Uh, I am super excited about this season. Um, you know you, you guys out there in social media you guys do a great job in on the chatter um there that's a re- there's a reason why we continue to uh to frustrate other people in the sweat put it like that uh so with with that said can keep uh keep sh- keep spreading the love let people know about this show you can always find our show in the podcast form bcsn pod zone if you missed any portions of this show obviously you can go back and watch it on YouTube. You can go back and watch it on Facebook or you can download the BCSN Pod Zone. Um, any and everywhere you download and listen to podcasts. Uh, just hey share. Share this show with a friend. Remind somebody we we keep we keep breaking the doors and, and meeting new people and, and that's great. Every time we go back to Tallahassee, we meet somebody new who's watched the show who enjoys what we're doing and, and that's what makes it rewarding for us. And then of course the great coaches and players that we get a chance to talk to. Um, we're probably three weeks away from the draft. Uh, hopefully we'll, we can get, uh, some guys in here, uh, and get a chance to talk to them, uh, like Marquise. Um, I know I talked to Savion. Uh, hopefully we can reconnect again. I can get Savion in here, but, uh, you know their opportunity to get drafted, which is just one more thing that continue that will continue to 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 be a part of this brand uh, and grow. And so, yes, the more momentum, the better. So, lots to talk about. Uh, so, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for following us. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. My JBN and my BCSN is where you can find us on the Google or Apple play store. Um, And that's going to do it for this show for our producer, Melody Lucas in the background and Kofi Hemingway, Kelvin Roser. I'm Brian Fulford, Rattler nation. Be safe, be smart, have fun. Everyone have a blessed and happy Easter weekend. And don't forget when you're out there make sure to strike, strike and strike again. All right, Rattler nation. Peace out. (laughs) Thank <laughs>